What is the role of a chief academic officer in a major medical center? And what is the medical student program called SELECT? The answers to those two questions and more on today's episode of Essential Partners. I'm delighted that we have as our guest today Dr. Robert Baracco. Bob is a trauma surgeon and he importantly serves as the Lehigh Valley Health Network Chief Academic Officer and also the Associate Dean for the Regional Medical School Campus of the University of South Florida Marsani College of Medicine. Welcome, Bob. Thank you, Tom. Great to be here. Let's go back to the beginnings. Where did you grow up and were you raised there or did you move prior to your more formal secondary education? So I grew up in New Jersey and did pretty much undergraduate medical school and a year of residency all in New Jersey. And I was happy to say that I was able to complete that education in New Jersey before I went off to serve in the public health service, part of the National Health Service Scholarship Program. And I served that in between New Mexico for a few months, then in New York State in a federal prison in Otisville. When was it that you made the decision for surgery? And I'm sure you can anticipate the corollary question, when trauma surgery? I made the decision for surgery somewhere amidst the end of third year into the beginning of fourth year. I had had an idea I was going into pediatrics at the beginning of third year. But lo and behold, as I went on my surgery rotation, actually it was my girlfriend at the time who had said, gee, you know, you've really uh, been pretty exhausted on your surgery rotation, but I'll tell you, you're coming home with the best stories and seem so engaged and so enthusiastic about it that uh, you might be making a mistake going into pediatrics. And so that insight triggered my desire to look more into surgery during fourth year. Trauma surgery came in during my residency training, which after my uh, health service course service, I finished in Morristown, New Jersey at Morristown Memorial Hospital. The training there in trauma was led by the late Carl Valenziano, who was our trauma director. He had trained at Shock Trauma in Baltimore and really encouraged my passion for trauma. He actually said, said, Bob, A, you're an atypical surgeon, which I'm proud of, and B, it really does seem your niche is in trauma. You really have a love for it, and then that cemented the rest of that future. So I, I can't let that atypical surgeon and your affection for that phrase just drop into the ether. So amplify on that one for us. Again, one of the ideas for surgical training becoming kinder and gentler, if you will, than our past. You know, we wish to have smart doctors that are also good people, operate under principles of emotional intelligence, and truly uh, value all aspects of medical education and not just the surgical part of training. Clearly over my surgical career and to a somewhat shorter extent yours, trauma has evolved. It had the exciting allure when I was a general surgery resident of what we called the knife and gun club and what that represented in terms of operative management. But it has largely transformed to the care of the elderly trauma patient. And in that regard, you were clearly prescient in engaging in the care of the geriatric trauma patient early on. You've become nationally recognized in that area. Congratulations, even having co-edited a textbook on that topic. What's different between the care of a 45-year-old motor vehicle accident victim and a 82-year-old head bleed patient who fell while on Plavix? 
this population is clearly a special one. There are many, many more considerations in the elderly population that particularly weigh in on outcomes as opposed to the younger patients. The younger patients can seem to tolerate trauma a bit better uh, than the elderly patient for a variety of reasons. One which has been known for quite some time is the factor of comorbidities or other illnesses that they have. So as we age, we tend to accumulate other pathologies, things like hypertension, heart disease, atrial fibrillation on blood thinners. So this creates certainly a vexing uh, type situation for the trauma surgeon to take care of that type of patient. But in addition, over the past few years, we've discovered something called frailty that really comes to bear on the geriatric population. And it's something that if you're not in tune to it, you might miss it. It really has to do with how well someone's aging. It has to do with more the toll of the comorbidities on the individual and then their ability to function with activities of daily living, things like shopping, managing money, that sort of thing. And the more frail someone is, the poorer their outcomes tend to be in trauma. And so we want to get to them before they become frail and there's less interventions that we can perform to be able to improve their outcomes. That being said, people come in as traumas, they come in as they are. And so then we have to deal with their outcomes appropriately. So another factor is that of prognostication or being able to try and detect when someone's outcome will be affected poorly by one of these entities and be able to counsel people on that to determine what the goals of care of that individual might be and how aggressive or how supportive we wish to be in a certain circumstance. So this is a population that's booming. Over uh, 20 million folks will be over the age of 85 by 2050. So, And I hope I'm among them, actually. So thanks. Okay. So beyond the geriatric trauma patient, you've been involved nationally, I know, with the American College of Surgeons on the elderly surgical patient more generically. What has that work involved? And tell us more about what Lehigh Valley Health Network has done over the years to care for that elderly population. Well, the Geriatric Surgery Quality Improvement Project is a project by the American College of Surgeons, and I was fortunate enough to represent the American Association for Surgery or Trauma as a stakeholder in that effort approximately, I would say actually over 70 programs and individuals were involved in the process. And so what that entails is trying to adopt a set of base or minimum standards for hospitals across the country to be able to care for the geriatric surgical patient in elective or perhaps some of the acute care surgery type settings. And so that involves things like frailty screening folks when they come in, when they come into your office, when you decide they might need surgery. To be able to enter that into the decision making and meet with a group of individuals over high risk elderly patients so that you're making sure that you're doing the right surgery at the right time for the right reasons. So you're still vigorously involved, as you've just outlined on the national scene, in terms of efforts to improve care of the geriatric patient. You're still slugging it out in the pits as a trauma surgeon here at our Level 1 Trauma Center at Lehigh Valley Hospital, Cedarcrest. But also, as your career has progressed, you've become very significantly involved in education, and you are now the Associate Dean for the Regional Medical School Campus of the University of South Florida and Lehigh Valley Health Network and have the overarching important role of chief academic officer for the network. Tell us, what is the role of a chief academic officer? What is it you do? 
basically I oversee all of the educational initiatives within Lehigh Valley Health Network as a whole, including all of its campuses in the north and south of our region. So what does that mean? What does the Department of Education oversee? Well, it oversees everything from onboarding of colleagues to library services for colleagues to be able to better prepare them to take care of our patients. It involves things like the electronic medical record training. It involves patient education, making sure that the patients have current information that they can understand. It also includes all levels of healthcare trainees, from nursing to PA, NPs, medical students, residents, fellows. We even have uh, healthcare administration fellows here. So anyone that comes in the network as a learner is also under the oversight of the Department of Education. And then terrific youth programs. We have such great youth programs with our area high schools and colleges. It's been absolutely amazing, rewarding, and a wonderful pipeline to see some of these folks come back to us either as a, as a medical student or resident or as an attending, as some have. So we really look at our success in those areas by the folks who come back to serve that community. Thank you, Bob. Please stay with us as we next listen to an important message from our sponsor, Lehigh Valley Health Network. Smith and Watson Worldwide. What do you think? Has a nice ring to it, right? Not bad, not bad. But check this out, Watson and Smith Worldwide. See what I did there? Huh. Yeah, uh, future business partners. Ready? Ready? <laughs> Go get it, boy. That's a good boy. Loyal partners. Ah, this is the ticket. Oh, it is, is it? Beautiful night. Got my best girl with me. Although, you know what could make it even better? Let me guess. Some mint chocolate chip. Bingo. Partners since the beginning. Throughout life, you have many different partners. Shouldn't you have one for the most important aspect of life? Your health. Whether you need serious clinical care, a routine exam, or tips on how to live a fuller, happier life, one of the best health networks in the country is never more than a short drive away. Lehigh Valley Health Network. Your health deserves a partner. Learn more at lvhn.org. Welcome back to this episode of Essential Partners with Dr. Robert Baracco, trauma surgeon, Associate Dean for University of South Florida and Lehigh Valley Health Network's medical student program, and our network chief academic officer. Lehigh Valley Health Network created a, a truly unique program in conjunction with the University of South Florida Morsani College of Medicine to address some of the perceived gaps in medical education, and you alluded briefly to this before the break. It's called the SELECT program. Please tell us, first of all, what those initials or that acronym stands for, but then more importantly, describe the program and how you have seen it already change medical education. So the SELECT program, SELECT stands for Scholarly Excellence, Leadership Experiences, and Collaborative Training, and those are some of the fundamental principles of our program. The purpose of the program was to be able to equip our future providers with the tools they would need, not only knowledge, but skills, attitudes, and behaviors to help transform the nature of healthcare. We base this on the principles of emotional intelligence, which I liken to professionalism. It's basically, you have to be aware of what you're thinking and feeling. You have to then be able to manage that, and you have to be able to manage that in an environment of which you must be knowledgeable. 
things like organizational awareness and how to manage the relationships to be able to optimize the care for our patients. So we feel that this is a pretty essential program. So we know that the cycle of medical education is long. You alluded to having three of them back with us. It is only a year ago that they would have emerged from their residency training, Mm -hmm. their graduate Mm -hmm. medical education. Even Mm -hmm. though we are relatively early in the results of those students. Do you have any preliminary results that confirm the program is on the right track and furthermore that it's giving back to this community that Lehigh Valley Health Network serves? Yes, we do. There's preliminary results from a study we performed on the students as well as some of our residents to look at burnout. And the preliminary data seems to suggest that the select students suffer from less symptoms of burnout than their core counterparts who are undergoing the same medical school curriculum in Tampa, but not the extra select curriculum pieces that they take both here and in Tampa. We really are happy with those results. What is it outside of your fascinating profession that we've just been discussing that keeps you going? How do you avoid burnout? First thing is faith. I went into trauma surgery. I understood that that had to be a large part of my professional persona as well. Some of the things that I would see, some of the things that I would do, I honestly don't know if I could cope with or deal with if I didn't feel like God had a hand in it in some way and my purpose in being there. My family, I have a wonderful family. My wife, Cheryl, who a trauma nurse for 20 years and nurse manager of emergency departments in Stony Brook, where we worked previously. Again, she's there for full support and she's knowledgeable about the profession and is able to not only help with the things that a normal family would go through, but can really understand some of the professional stuff that I go through. And then, of course, four kids from Tori, Christian, Bree, and Matthew. Two of them finished with their college and just about finishing their graduate education, one in college and one still in high school. So they keep me real busy and they're very active in athletics and other activities in the area like Boy Scouts. That's something that certainly keeps me energized outside of work. Then my sports teams, which I probably shouldn't refer, but you know, I am a Yankee fan and a Giants fan. Those are my uh, two favorite sports teams, two favorite sports that I follow. So I'm hoping that the Yankees can actually win a World Series in this decade because they've won one in every other decade so far. So we'll see. So what's the next chapter for Bob Baracco? Have the trustees of Harvard or Stanford asked yet if you'll be their dean? No, no, I I can't say that has happened. But uh, truly, I am very happy in this community. This community is a wonderful place to raise a family. It's wonderful as far as the activities and the things that to do from fall foliage festivals to music fest to you name it, it's here in the Lehigh Valley and there's proximity to the major cities. So as I tell our student applicants, this is an absolutely wonderful place to live and to study and to work. So that's a good segue into what may be in your or all of our futures with the final common question on essential partners. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Well done, faithful servant, I believe is the scripture that I usually quote. Excellent. I'd like to thank Dr. Bob Baracco, trauma surgeon, chief academic officer and associate dean, for the Regional Medical School campus with the University of South Florida and Lehigh Valley Health Network. That was a great interview session, and I hope all of you will look to join us again for our next episode of Essential Partners.